Hello, and welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, where you'll hear advice from experienced safety leaders on how to protect your people and business. I'm Peter Steinfeld. Today, I'm talking with John Luizzi, National Director of Business Continuity at Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Just five years into creating Southern Glazers Business Continuity Program from scratch, John was awarded Disaster Recovery Institute's Program Leader of the Year in 2018. In this episode, John shares how becoming a true business partner is the key to success in the next generation of business continuity. Let's listen in. Hey, John, thanks so much for being here today. Hey, Peter, how are you doing today? It's good to see you again. Yes, indeed. I'm doing well. And I'll start by just having you maybe give people a bit of a background on Southern Glazers. What does the organization do? And then what do you do there? What's your role? We are the largest wine and spirits distributor in the world. So the party usually doesn't get started until we show up. <laughs> but essentially, it's a company that is so proud in its tradition associated. It's still a family, you know, privately held organization. Family's still very, very involved in the day-to-day operations of the company. And I can tell you, it's just an outstanding company to work for. We have over 24,000 employees deployed throughout the U.S. and Canada. And obviously, we have connections throughout the world. 40 different countries that we actually import products into stuff. But one of the the leading importers into the United States, we're in the top 40 associated with that. From a revenue perspective, the company is in the top 15 associated with the privately held companies, according to Fortune. So it's just an incredible uh, organization, has a rich tradition. But, you know, what we do is we service over 250,000 customers throughout the U.S. and things like that. All the top suppliers, all the top brands are pretty much under the Southern Glazers portfolio. But I can tell you, we have a lot of fun with what we do. We work really hard about what we do. But it's just a great organization to work for. And I can tell you that the business continuity program, which began the day I was hired, actually, a little over 10 years ago, right? Oh, wow. Um, has gotten, is just incredible the amount of executive support that we get for this program, right? And the, the, the buy-in and the leadership that we have and the alignment that we have. I, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better support system associated with being able to execute this program and just getting the resources that we need to be successful in what we do. It's a really, really great success story when it comes to business continuity. And we, we still got a lot of work to do ahead of us, but essentially we have such a solid foundation to build upon it because of those relationships that we've developed over the years. And it sounds like they brought you in specifically because the, the business finally got to a size or something happened that made them say, you know what, we need to invest in this more. Um, A lot of organizations I I speak with and a lot of folks out there that work for these organizations oftentimes wonder, like, how can I get my business to take this more seriously, want to invest in it? So maybe what was it that that popped up that made the organization say, we need you? Well, there was a realization back then that they they were continually growing at at a very exponential rate, right? and expanding into other markets and things like that. And as a result, uh, as part of that expansion, they started to look more closely at risk management, which you know not only includes you know business continuity, it also includes safety, security, being able to have those areas of focus associated with those disciplines and having leadership in each of those areas, right? Because back back then, if I you know, go back you know ten years ago prior to where I was hired, there was those those disciplines took place. But there really wasn't a, what I would call a concentric leadership associate that or a corporate leadership was kind of done at a local level, right? And there was a realization as the company continued to grow and grow and move forward that, you know, we really need to centralize this because it's, you know, not only from an efficiency perspective, 
but also from a consistency perspective, right? And, and you know, Southern Glazers has an incredible reputation in the marketplace for what it is and what it what it's able to do, right? So, you know, in order to maintain that reputation and integrity of the brand, you need to put in all these risk management things because let's face it, the world is a different place than it was 10 years ago and 20 years ago and that type of thing. And as we move forward, so kudos to the leadership team for recognizing the fact that they needed to be very much proactive and develop a more comprehensive risk management strategy. Yeah, I like what you said there about it's about integrity and brand. I mean, ultimately, that's what you're there to support is to make sure that that integrity and brand don't get disrupted because it, it can be destroyed in a second. And that's what you're trying to protect. And if you take that approach, when you speak with executives, they're much more likely to listen. Exactly. I mean, that is the foundation of, of who we are. I, I often say that we're a relationship company, but we also sell wine and spirits on the side. Those relationships are everything to us, right? The relationship with our suppliers, the relationship with our customers are, are, are what drives us every single day and it drives all of our values associated with the company being able to deliver and meet our commitments every single day. The organization continues to grow at an exponential rate. The investments that we're making into technologies, into automation, and some of our facilities, they're, we're investing in robotic automation and things like that. All this state-of-the-art technology is being brought into the organization because we're looking forward to the future, right? The role that I play within the organization is trying to partner with all the business stakeholders as they continue to make these investments and move forward and make decisions associated with how they grow their business and how they change and migrate and morph their business processes for the future. Me being here to try to make sure that they can continue to do that in a manner that's consistent with the business, but safe and also in a continuity perspective, because I have to be able to make sure that no matter whatever they put in place, I have a continuity strategy in place to be able to support it. Well, it sounds like 10 years ago, the business made a bet on you, but you had some stuff that you had to do to prove yourself. So what would you say that the uh, key to your success is over there? It's a lot about communications associated with that. It's a lot about commitment to it. What the leadership was looking for specifically, and I asked them this question a little while ago, I said, what's the value, the value proposition? I mean, really, how do you see the value proposition of business continuity? And they really broke it down very clearly. It says, look, John, we're looking for someone to be an expert, understand what it is, right? We're looking for someone to be a leader, someone that's going to be able to take the charge to be a champion of this and own this, right? We're looking for somebody to manage the day-to-day part of it because leadership and management is two different things, right? So what's managing that day-to-day activities associated with that? We're also looking at someone who will be a business partner, understanding the business, understanding the metrics of the business, right? What are our goals? What are we doing today? You know, what's our shipping count today? What's the distribution in the state of Florida for today, right? And understanding the business, the metrics of that, what drives it, the seasonality of it right now. This is our peak season. So we're at a heightened awareness around this. It's also about having intelligence. And I, what I mean by that is that what's the situational intelligence, right? Monitoring what are the risks? What are the threats? What's going on in the world? What are the potentially the things that could impact our operations, right? So it's that situational intelligence. It's also about having the right relationships. And that not only means just within the company, but it's also how many external partners do I have to be able to bring in if there is a situation that occurs that I have the right level of expertise. Do I need a generator? Do I need a restoration recovery partner? Do I need a a crisis management public relations firm? All of those different people are at an arm's length to me because I've already built those relationships. And that just becomes more of the core competency of what we could offer the organization, right? And the other two things are, hey, what's the vision? Where are we going with this program? Where are we at today? And where are we going to be five years from now? So it's also being able to clearly articulate 
what is that vision and strategy of what business continuity is going to be and how it's going to be supporting the organization. And then the bottom line for us is, and I talked about this earlier, is it's all about the integrity, right? So I work for a company that has a very, very rich heritage, a very proud heritage. So everything that we do has to be centered around that. It has to be centered around those values and making sure we operate and do the right things at all times for the employees, for the customers, for the suppliers. So those are the things that they look at when they look at the value of the business continuity program that they have expressed to me. And that's what we try to deliver every single day. That's what I think a lot of people miss when they get into a role like this. They don't realize that I've got to sit down and understand the business. What does the business care about today? What do they care about in the future? And then how can I bring my expertise to the table to enhance and help that mission? The number one thing people ask me to speak about is executive support. Hmm. It seems like the number one challenge that business continuity professionals continue to have. And if I had to summarize it, it's like, understanding the business. If you want executive support, you have to talk their language. You have to understand what their lives are like. And what, are, what is their metric? What is their dashboards that they're looking at? What are the drivers of the business? I've often found that for me, business continuity is just another decision that they have to make. I just have to educate them on that decision. It shouldn't be treated as something that's separate, if you know what I mean, or some mm. other thing that we need to deal It should be part of the normal business operations. It should be part of any other decision that they're making throughout the day. So, I mean, it's being able to try to understand the business and so I can talk business speak and therefore have a conversation and therefore it has given us huge uh, executive support. The fact that we understand their lives on a day-to-day basis and are part of that, so. Well, struggling to get executive buy-in has not changed in the last 50 years, but what has changed in the world of business continuity since you first started your career? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, it's a lot about just, again, it's, it's morphed from years ago, right? So back in the 90s and early 2000s, it was about disaster recovery. It was about yeah. IT. And then you had September 11th. And I often look at that as kind of being the watershed event for business continuity people because it was at that point that folks started to say, oh my God, this could happen to us. And now it becomes a more holistic the business associated with that, not necessarily about just IT. During the September 11th period before that, right? Business continuity just after that was very administrative. It was very compliance driven. It was all about, hey, fill in this template. There's a spreadsheet, fill it out, get it back to me. It was about collecting data, but didn't know what to do with that data. But we collected a lot of data, right? And we would develop plans that were like 100 pages long. And, you know, business continuity, disaster recovery, and crisis management they were three disciplines that would never meet except on when there was a situation. And they, that's when they, they first started meeting each other, right? Mm, so, yep. As a result, there was a, just this uncertainty about what was actually going on. It was very much of administrative function. And so what happens is after September 11th, now it's like, hey, it's about the business. It's about, okay, you got plans, but how do you execute those plans, right? It's about situational awareness. It's about threat intelligence, potentially what, what's out there from a risk perspective. It's right, responding to incidents. So now you have this explosion of data that's coming to us from all different types of devices and sources throughout the world, you're intaking it, but what are you doing with it? How do you interpreting that and turning that into what I would call actionable intelligence, right? So it's become more about risk management and now it's about, hey, measuring our progress. And now it's about disaster recovery, business continuity, crisis management. That's all seamless. That needs to be one voice being able to be able to communicate that. So 
I think what's happened is that a lot of the, a lot of continuity professionals are still kind of stuck in that compliance mode, if you know what I mean. Mm. And they haven't really evolved to this business partnership. And that's what I would say is the secret sauce that's gotten me to where I am associated with having the great outstanding executive support that I have. Well, you mentioned earlier something that caught my attention, distribution centers and things that could go wrong there. So is the largest alcohol distributor in North America. What about supply chain? How do you manage all those supply chain logistics and resiliency at this scale and complexity? We have a complete supply chain management team here, and we work with them as far as providing situational intelligence about events that are going on in the world that potentially could interrupt our supply chain. What's interesting about them is that they do business continuity all day long. They just don't know it Mm. because they're constantly reshuffling things around and moving things from one port to the next or from one city to the next and things like that, and transportation networks and things like that. So we try to supplement them with any information intelligence that we potentially may have that can help them better do their jobs associated with being able to manage our supply chain networks and all the different products that we import from around the world. You mentioned something really interesting. To make resiliency part of your business, it has to be part of your regular daily business practices. It can't be something you just do once a quarter or once a year during a test. If it's just something you're doing all the time, every day, as much as possible, then it's just natural. And it's not this extra checkbox you have to take care of. Yeah, I mean, I I call it your organizational DNA. It's got to be built into your organizational DNA, right? So if you're you're bolting this stuff on, guess what? At some point in time, it'll fall off, Mm -hmm. right? So the idea is that what you want to be able to do as you work, you know, work with your relationships and you develop within your organization, you want to make sure you're embedding things that have that that will that will last and are, and are in themselves resilient. You try not to make the program what I would call burdensome because I think in a lot of ways the methods that continuity professionals deliver their programs is burdensome because it is very administrative and it is fill out this template and, and all these things like that. So that approach may have worked in the past, but not in the future. Folks get it nowadays. Executives really get it now. We continue to struggle with the way that we deliver our programs. As a result, you have these issues associated with executive support. Well, you came into the business continuity world at some point, and there was you know, a zeitgeist, a way of looking at things like we talked about. But what about the people coming in today? What advice do you have for them, the next generation of the business continuity professionals out there? It comes down to understanding the business and understanding how to develop relationships. One of the things I often say is that I have the best job in the organization because I get to see the entire organization from start to finish. Mm. I get to talk to the CEO and I get to talk to all the folks in the middle and as well as all the guys that are out there making deliveries to our customers today. And that's such a unique perspective that nobody else in, in any part of this organization has. They'd be able to have that purview of understanding all the information, all the relationships They go from the top all the way down to our ultimate delivery to our customers. And so many business continuity professionals, they don't get that, they don't see that, and they don't take advantage of that. Mm. And it's just really sad because it's out there right in front of you. You have the ability to be able to access all of that information associated with your organization. And as a result, it's right there in front of you. So you can't make an excuse that you don't have the information to do what you need to do because you really do. Yeah. And having that A to Z view of the business gives you a really unique perspective that helps you give a better why to people as to why business continuity is so important. That's exactly right. It opens up so many doors and so many conversations that have led to better engagement of the program 
that Swift pays incredible dividends for us from not only just from an engagement perspective, but even from a budgetary perspective and be from a support perspective, from a monetary perspective. You know, my team managed COVID for 750 straight days for this organization. Ooh, brutal. And you know, I'll, I'll never forget the day that my boss said to me, okay, John, this is a business continuity issue. This is yours. What do you need? Hmm. I mean, and that's an incredible statement of, of trust associated with that when the leadership of this company says, hey, COVID is a business continuity issue. And as a result, John, you're head of business continuity. What do we need to do? What resources do you need to be able to execute, to be able to get us through this situation? Mm, that's fantastic. So that's like an incredible testament of that whole confidence and that support just continues to get more and more in snowballs for you. Absolutely. And if you had just been the checklist guy or the compliance guy, they would have not come to you and said, this is a business continuity thing. Help us lead us through this. They wouldn't have done that. They wouldn't have had the, the confidence in you. So by learning the business inside and out, developing those relationships, sharing your ideas, all that instilled that confidence in you that you could lead them through that 750-day ordeal. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, business continuity is not a checklist thing. I mean, you know, we use checklists as part of our, as part of our execution, right? Of course. But it's really need to be looked at as a strategic business partner. Yeah. What else is on the horizon for you and the, the whole team over at Southern Glazers in 2024? I mean, it's about standing up that new command center and being able to put that discipline in place and being able to now tie all of our incident response, incident management programs from all of our divisions back into it and being able to, you know, stand that up as a central command center for any event that occurs within the organization. Like we're even hooking it up that if you, know, you pick up any phone in Southern Glaciers and dial 911, I'll know about it in, in our command center. I mean, mm. it, it's stuff like that. It's creating that very, very tight situational awareness network that we want to be able to do so we can keep our people safe and secure. You know, and the other thing is we're just going to continue to enhance our tool set and what we're doing associated with that. We keep refining and working with our gathering more business intelligence, business data, that type of thing associated with, with our organization, more exercising, more testing associated with that. I mean, we have some great engagement associated with our exercises that we do and even our tabletop exercises. And we have some actual, what I would call functional exercises where we're actually staging, you know, specific things in some of our facilities and actually manually doing things as far as workaround strategies and things like that. So there's a whole variety of different things that we're, we're going to be doing in 2024 to continue to mature our program. You got another decade worth of work ahead of you. What <laughs> <laughs> would hope. But the thing about this is that what I love about this is you just never know what's going to happen any day. That's you right. Know, for some people, that's scary. For me, it's kind of exciting, to be honest with you. But the idea is that it's, you know, you, you try to, like I say, build upon every day and learn what did, what did yesterday bring and what did I do yesterday? What, did, what can we learn from yesterday that we can apply to today? When, you know, you keep doing that every single day, you got yourself a hell of a portfolio after 10 years. So. Absolutely. Well, I think I could go on for another probably a couple hours <laughs> asking you questions, but I think we should end it there. Thank you so much for being on the show. I think it's been great. Peter, my pleasure. Anytime. I'd be more than happy to chat with you anytime. Thank you. To learn more about John and his work with Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits, click the links in the show notes. We'll be back next week with more advice to help you protect your business and people. For video highlights from today's episode, just search for Alert Media on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Have a safe week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. 
To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.